The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we're going to be continuing study in the chapter 16 of Proverbs as we have been going through uh, not to an extent verse by verse, kind of section by section, evaluating different truths that are in place in this wonderful book, book of Proverbs. Let me encourage you. Many would say, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily consistent in my daily devotions. One great way to get started. Uh, some people say go to the book of Psalms. And that is a phenomenal way, a great encouraging thing. But uh, if you like something, you say, what if I miss a day? One of the easiest ways to do that is just one day a week or each day read a chapter in the book of Proverbs. Uh, primarily, there's, you know, 31 chapters and a lot of our months have 31 days. And so you will find that, you say, if you miss three days, and it's, you know, so today's the 26th, so you would go to, the 20, excuse me, you'd go to Proverbs 20, and you'd read that chapter, at least a section of it. And it's got great wisdom, and it's one of those things where a section of that chapter, it kind of, it just won't mean a whole lot today. Next month, it's going to mean a whole lot based upon what it is you're going through. It's just how the Word of God works. It's, it's, it opens up parts that's needed for me today. And it's always alive and always working. And so we look, I look forward to looking at today's passage. So Proverbs 16, we're going to be in verse number 7. Uh, 16 verse 7, the Bible says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And we look at this unique section of Scripture. Often you'll see in Proverbs, a lot of what they'll say is how we act influences how other people act. If we are grievous with our words, it'll affect other people. If we're very prideful or fear, scornful or, or foolish, it affects other people. When we're learning and growing and humble, it affects people well. And this is one of those scenarios. And so he says simply this, when, a, when my heart, well, excuse me, when my way will please the Lord, I can make even my enemies to be at peace with me. Now, what we like to do is break down the verse and look at some of the words, why God chose certain words. It helps us to get a very good understanding of what the verse is, what, what the premise of the verse. So let's begin when it says, when a man's ways please the Lord. I think it's very important to understand that this does not mean when a man's ways fit a mold, when a man's ways, and this would be a woman's, the word man, Adam, is generic, a human, when, when a person's, when our ways, you know, it's not when our ways fit tradition, it's not when our ways, when we think we're good. You know, because we're very good at, um, you know, looking, you know, we know how to look, we know how to act, but he's really talking about the heart. He's talking deep inside of us. When my thinking, when my desires and my direction please the Lord. Well, what does that sound like? Because before we can move on to how it affects other people and how we can use this to create peace even with, as the Bible says, our enemies, it's important for us to understand what it means to please the Lord in that area. Well, one, we got to be right with God. You know, we, we, we said this often in Psalms where it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I choose to have a sin that I'm not willing to confess to God, then God chooses not to listen to my prayer. I cannot please God in that scenario. Now, that doesn't mean I'm sinless. It doesn't mean that I've never struggled. In fact, all it simply means, you know, in John and 1 John, before it says in verse 9, if I confess my sin, the verse before says, if we say we have no sin, we make him a lie. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Uh, the simple premise is to claim that I am sinless is wrong in and of itself. The premise in all of this is not to sit back and say, well, I'm perfect. No, the premise is, 
acknowledging, recognizing sin and bringing to God and getting it right, keeping a short account with God, acknowledging the wrong, agreeing with God through confession that it is wrong and asking for forgiveness. He's already offered, he's already promised it. It's really more about me getting right with God. God loves me, has forgiven me years ago, but that, that, that walk with God is pending my being right with him. Uh, you know, when we got saved, Sin does, you know, we, we say we move from the family of Satan to the family of God. We are called Christians by adoption. Sinning doesn't eliminate my positional standing. Positionally, I am righteous before God. And so sin does not stop me um, from being in the family of God, does not take that away. But like any relationship, if I have sin that I'm not getting right, there's going to be a gap between me and God. I will not have that sweet communion that I want to have because I'm allowing sin to get in the way. And so that's one of the first steps we do. So we realize that we need to be right with God with uh, being in the Word of God. Can I tell you some other things, though? Uh, being in the Word of God, being right with God is also following and doing things that He, he wants us to do. You know, being involved in church, be, being in, you know, in, in stuff like this, growing, learning. These are some of the things that he desires us to do. Walk with him, follow him, uh, make, you know, make his, his desires, our desires, things of that nature. Uh, it's really about striving to find out who he is and what he loves and try to make that us. That's really one of those primary premises. It's not about just being religious because we can really look religious. That doesn't mean we're right with God. It's about, as David said, going to God and saying, search me and know me. Look down deep into my life, and Lord, are there things in my life that would hinder that? It's a great way. But then, then I follow God's commands. If I know that God's asked me to do something and I'm choosing not to do it, I'm not right with God. I treat other people as I should. Husbands loving their wives, wives respecting their husbands, children obeying their parents. These are commands in Scripture. And when I don't do these things, I, I cannot expect to be right with God. And so uh, we, we are to live and show his principles. Think about this, in a place of work. How can I have others be at peace with me as a Christian? And maybe I'm in a secular workplace. Well, if you show a godly work ethic, it's gonna be obvious. Now, obviously some people won't like that. Those who don't wanna work godly are gonna say, stop, you're making us look bad. Don't, well, we're not trying to make him look bad. We're trying to make him look good. And that's really all that matters. So a good work ethic, kindness towards other people, love. These, these are the things that will grab people's attention. You know, I've been around church my entire life. Was saved into a, born into a Christian home, grew up in a pastor's home. Been in since I, you know, went to Bible college in the ministry straight out from there. And I have learned that this, I love the church. I love being at church. I love worshiping. I love being able to make this my daily job. But I'll tell you, there are some times you just meet people. You know, they're always not kind. And it's amazing what kindness does. Yeah, I often tell my kids growing up, listen, kindness is not the lack of cruelty. Okay, I, I didn't say anything mean to him today, so therefore it was nice. No, ignoring somebody is not kind. Kindness is an action. But think about how when we, you know, God tells us to love those of the house of the faith and then even love our enemies. And, and if we treat people in a way that God says this is what I want, it, it definitely is different than the world experiences, which is why they're going to sit back and say, man, this is different. And especially in a day when the world is screaming to have, uh, to pin Christians as the bad guys, as intolerant, as cruel, as, as racist at all, or, you know, whatever the terms they want to use. It's, it's not true. But boy, they want us. And there's enough people out there who do this wrongly to give them one or two valid points. But true Christians that follow Jesus won't. They'll be you distinct. And so it'll grab the attention of the, world, of the world in a good way. So what does it mean when his enemies will be at peace with him? Well, obviously, it starts with saying even his enemies will be at peace with him, which means not just his enemies, others will be as well. 
Really, when it comes, you know, the enemies are the extreme, but hey, my friends, my family, and then even my enemies, those that I am around, if I follow the principles of God and I please God, it will, it, it'll, it'll flow out. It's not that I'm trying to, it'll, it'll be an outflow of who I am. So if I, if I treat my family the way God wants me to be, if I love my kids as I'm supposed to and protect them and point them to Jesus, and I, and I treat my wife the way I'm supposed to, things like that, um, it, it'll bring them, and I'm not the way I think I should, the way God wants me to. When I do that, it'll bring great, sweet communion in my home. I love my wife as I'm supposed to. I, it's, it's, it's amazing, the, 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 the appreciation that, that brings. You know, it's great for her. She wants it. She wants a place where she knows she's loved and respect and appreciated and all those things. And, and so when I follow God's command, I can bring peace into the home. Choosing not to, going in selfishly brings the opposite of that. So he goes, even our enemies. He goes, but then they say they'll be at peace. Let me ask you this. What is the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker? You know, if you go back to Matthew 5, what we've often called the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It's interesting. It wasn't until years ago when I was studying this out that someone pointed out the difference between peacekeeper and peacemaker. A peacekeeper is someone who, uh, a peacekeeper, I want to keep the peace. The good part about them is they're not trying to cause grief. They're not going out, they're, they're not someone's riling up, causing strife. God tells us not to cause strife, and they're not doing that. And that's good. We need people like that. The opposite, God says, I hate the people, I hate what they're doing. I hate the division caused by that. So then what's a peacemaker? Well, it's in the Word. They make peace. You know, sometimes when somebody wants to bring grief, you have to go out, make peace. Let me give you an example. Matthew 18 is a passage we use often. When there is somebody who has offended you, has broke the peace, what do you do? You go to them. How do you make peace? You don't make peace by saying, well, I'm just going to act like it never happened because it happened. So I go to them to make peace. That's how I, I make peace. I don't sometimes, and not always, but sometimes what we say by peacekeepers is, well, I'm just going to act like it's not a problem and I'm going to let it disappear. Well, it will resolve itself. No, no, it doesn't. And God, in many times through scripture, has talked about the idea of going and making peace. Go to the end of James. If there's somebody going the wrong direction, he that converteth him. He that changes him goes and confronts graciously, biblically, but brings peace. It covers a multitude of sin. So understand that just acting like the problem doesn't exist is not the answer. He's saying it'll bring peace, being a peacemaker. Go to the scenario, not to point out problems, but to ultimately to bring reconciliation. So it's not all, and please understand when we try these things, not everybody is going to desire it. There are some who, for whatever reason, just don't want reconciliation, just don't want help. So please remember, you cannot control the actions or decisions of other people, but you can your own. So, but here's really what it comes down to at the end, though. So we, we follow God's direction. We, we try to treat people as Jesus treats us, and he asks us in the scripture to treat people. And we do that. Our family, our friends, church people, they'll be at peace with us. But then even our enemies, they'll look back and say, man, now who's the enemy here? Obviously Satan, but enemy is extreme. Now, can you have enemies who are Christians? You can have conflict with people who are out to get you. But predominantly, he's talking about enemies of God. 
And he's talking about people in this world who really, really, really hate Jesus, hate God, and hate anything to do with that. Don't get me wrong. They have no problem with religion because religion by its nature is empty. Religion is a man-made institution that forces people into a mold to look and act a certain way, but ultimately it's empty. It does not have anything to do with Jesus. And now religion by itself often says, well, you can believe whatever you want. We all worship the same God. No, we do not. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You say, well, that's, that's, that's limited. Well, that's the entire premise. There's only one way to heaven. And that's the point. Now, so religion, the world's fine with religion. They want to claim their talent with religion. They struggle with Christianity because Christianity takes a point. They take a stand, graciously, but takes a stand. They hold to the word of God. And let me tell you something. I think what they hate more than Christianity or religion, they hate the Bible. They hate Jesus. And I'm telling you, hate it. Please understand, there are forces in this world, some of them in politics, some not. They don't just, well, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of religion. They hate it. Some of them are atheists, some are not, whatever position, they hate that. And Jesus says, think about this, when, I, in a, when I'm right with God and living the way he wants, I can even make them to be at peace with me. What a great way to start being able to witness to them. Because let me tell you, the world loves to tell people what to think about us homophobes, intolerant, we don't care about women, with all these different things. And, and please understand, there are plenty of people who will use the name Christian, and fortunately Baptist as well, from our denominational point of view, and they look at that and, and they give people bad names. And every denomination will have some friends that will give them a bad name. Well, the key is here, and make a point not to be that. You know, make a point that you can be distinct. Let people know when you're a Christian, let them know, listen, I, I, yeah, I go to a church that has a denominational name, but it's more about Jesus. Let them see you with a great work ethic and kind and gracious and loving and forgiving. And you do that. Even your enemies who've been told how to be afraid of you, they will sit back and say, that is not what I see in my friend and my coworker and my relative. They will see someone who's loving and gracious and kind and shows Jesus to them then they will, that we can have peace. You know, I've had people throughout my life when I've worked in the secular field that would honestly say they're not fans of Christianity, they don't like anything at church, but we have gotten along well, which has given me the opportunity to tell them about Jesus and witness to them. And I had some come to church, some didn't. I wish I could say all got saved, but boy, it opened a door to give me the opportunity to witness in a way that otherwise I would not be able to do. And uh, so I hope we, you know, think about this. When I'm right with God and I'm following his principles, even the world, even the world will see us and they will be at peace with us. And that's the ultimate goal. What a great way to open the door to let the world see the love of Jesus through us. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be part of your day today. And just for these few moments as we continue to uh, just take different sections of Proverbs and look at them and unpack them. And I hope that was an encouragement. I hope that was a help. I hope you understand that your, your influence as you work for Jesus, just in everyday life, has a greater impact than you will ever know. Keep going, keep strong, love Jesus, and you'll, only eternity will, tell you, will show the impact you could and you have made by just loving Jesus and loving people and striving to treat them as Jesus would. Thank you so much for the time today. We hope to see you tomorrow, 11 o'clock, as we continue our study in the book of Proverbs. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great rest of the day.